Hello, friends. It's that time again. Glad that you chose to join us. This is The Shaman. I'm back to my shaman status now that I'm off of Percocet, thinking a little bit more clearly. Oh, Not a lot, but a little. Yeah. Uh, in the shotgun position, Greg Allen driving. How are you this morning, Greg Allen? I'm great. I'm great. Great. Yes, yes. Wow. Uh, life is good. <laughs> life is good. Okay. I know that we uh, briefly discussed last time that maybe um, small talk with Greg was done. But well, I, I, I've actually gone behind your back. Okay. And I have invited a special guest. <laughs> okay. For small talk with Greg, who is our producer, <laughs> Eric. Eric, Hello. you welcome to Small Talk with Greg, and I'll turn the small talk over to you. So here's a fun and uh, slightly pointless story for everybody this morning that's listening. That's small talk right there. Right there, he's <laughs> nailing all. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm trying to keep it in the lane for Greg here Thank with you. The, the small talk style. So... I, I don't want to point fingers or name too many names, but I will say that my wife, allegedly, uh, had a bit of an issue on Wednesday night. Um, she may have procured something that was uh, maybe not as legal in Indiana as it is in Illinois, and uh, in an edible form, and took this. And I was sitting in a meeting, I was a uh, secretary of the meeting and uh, taking notes, and I get a text message from my wife that says, hey, I don't want to worry you or alarm you, but I don't think I have any bones. <laughs> and immediately I'm like, huh, that's probably not great. Uh, you okay? You know, what's going on? And, and that is like, factually the greatest text message <laughs> ever oh. sent, right? Yeah. <laughs> so wow. yeah, so the the... She had evidently misjudged what she was supposed to take and the amount and ended up, uh, I think it was 180 milligrams instead of like 15. So <laughs> she had a very fun, boneless evening. Yep. Wow. Yep. She, uh, I think we have to put that on a t-shirt. I don't want to worry you. <laughs> but I don't have any bones. <laughs> yes. I love it. Wow. Yeah, I, so. I don't know where to place that in the small talk because that was far <laughs> too interesting and fun and enjoyable to be right? typical small yeah, yeah, talk. Yeah, that was advanced level. Yeah. And what have you ever done edibles? No. Um, I have, I have tried edibles. I will never do edibles again oh. because my, one, I lack impulse control. And so I was, I was told to take a certain amount of this edible and I shot right past that. And I was watching this show on Netflix called, I think it was called Mine Hunters. I think, I, I think I'm getting that right. It was the FBI profilers of serial killers. So all of a the sudden these edibles hit me at full fucking force. And I'm 100% convinced that I just murdered my neighbors. Oh, no. I mean, just uh, as, as uh, who, whoever this person is that Eric is speaking of was fully <laughs> convinced that she had no bones, I was equally as convinced that I had murdered my neighbors. 
And it felt like that went on for days. Like for days, oh. I was like, why have I killed my, why did I murder them? And so I, I, I feel what she felt <laughs> when she sent that text. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't, no need for concern, yeah. but I have no bones. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's, yeah, we do need a shirt or at least uh, a sticker. Awesome. Thank yeah. you, Eric. That Thanks, definitely Eric. took uh, small talk to, to the next level. Yeah, of course. And it's a uh, reasonably poor segue into our uh, topic for today, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I was reading through... Or perhaps no segue at all. We just like... Right. We're going to jump right into this. Just hit the brakes. And yeah. That's what you do with small talk. You just, you just enjoy done it with and that you shit. dismiss it. Okay. That's my favorite part of small talk. This is over. Bye. Bye. You know? <laughs> no strings attached. Right. No, I don't want to have coffee. I just want to yeah, move on. All it. right. Anyway, so here, back to the non-segue. <clears throat> okay. 10 rules for modern masculinity. So, 10... Oh, that's uh, it, a lot oh, of fucking rules. Oh, the article is a mess. Okay, this was in Psychology Today. Oh, okay, uh, a couple okay. Of months ago, um, Doctor Fayer. I think we've read his stuff before, but yeah. the rules are crazy. Okay, I can't even, even. I can barely count it. I lose. <laughs> I lose interest before I get to ten. Well, it and actually on here it took up to eight, or you had to go through seven to get to one that actually made sense. Wow. Okay. So we're not going to even read those. But the part that was important. Was, oh, okay. Yeah. So they, they took a survey to find out what people thought were characteristics of a modern man or should be. Okay. And uh, and the, the top five were good. The, the, they showed the top 17, and they just got really oh, out damn, of order. That's a lot of numbers. Man. I know. It was nuts. Uh, but um, I thought we could talk about the top five because they sort of made sense. I can... I can pay attention for five. Yeah. I cannot pay attention for 17. No, no, you can't. Jeez. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, the 10 rules was bad enough. <laughs> like 10 rules? <laughs> Click on to the next article. Yeah, so you oh, get... Oh, look, a puppy. <laughs> if you read a little deeper, you can just see the five defining characteristics of a modern man. All right. And so I think we would agree with these, and uh, if we can get through one or two of them, that'll be good today. Okay, all right. <laughs> the presumption is that we will agree with these. Yeah, okay. yeah. These are characteristics of the modern man or should be characteristics of a modern man or possibly both? Well, both, but what they're saying is the modern man is what's the theory. They're saying okay. these are modern man. I don't even yeah. know what the definition of a modern I, man I, is. They but. try to keep it vague enough where they can make whatever statements they want. Oh, okay. All right. So here we go. Let's jump into modern <laughs> masculinity. Okay. So they were. I'm going to list the five and then we can jump and talk sure. to anyone. Cool. cool. Uh, empathetic, inclusive, authentic, self aware. And emotionally intelligent. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we've talked about a lot of those on the show. Uh, certainly, the authenticity. Yeah. Um, and the self awareness. Um, and and you've jumped all over the emotional intelligence about how we're such men, right. <laughs> or such uh, <clears throat> I'll say slaves to just whatever wherever the wind's blowing. Specifically, uh, our significant other, right. or spouse. Um, but which one of those we want to talk about today, or do we want to try and go through them and see how they fit into uh, our man-made model? Uh, we can go in order. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Empathy was the first. Yeah. One. Yeah. Okay. What? What? Uh, how? How does he define empathy? 
Yeah, they didn't go to any detail here. Oh, that's it? We just get the fucking word? Oh, I was glad to just get that oh, after okay. all the BS. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad they boiled it down to a word, you know. But the, the, the whole notion of, of being able to uh, feel what someone else is feeling or, yeah. or to, for that to even be an idea that someone right. else has feelings that, that would be of your concern. Yeah, I think where I, the, the distinction that I see most people struggle with is confusing empathy and sympathy. And empathy is actually an interesting human function. We have these neurons in our brain called mirror neurons. And Daniel Goleman, who popularized emotional intelligence, um, his he wrote a follow-up book to that called Social Intelligence, which I thought personally was vastly superior, but whatever. Um, and he talks about empathy and mirror neurons. And, and the way that he describes the functioning of the mirror neuron is it's like if it's like you and I have mobile Wi-Fi and it's and this was before Bluetooth. <laughs> so Bluetooth <laughs> probably okay. would have been a better metaphor. Yeah, okay. Where where these mirror neurons really connect and and in a very real way what what empathy causes you to do is feel like feel mm-hmm. what the other person is feeling to be in that experience with them right mm-hmm. okay so <clears throat> empathy then for men is a profound struggle for us because of what we've talked about, right? That lack of familiarity, lack of comfort in the vulnerable emotions. Right. So if empathy is me feeling what you're feeling, right? And my wife is crying or under some kind of distress within that vulnerable emotion continuum, right? And what's happening neurologically is that empathy, the mirror neurons, are actually causing me to feel her distress. Mm -hmm. Then what do we as men do, right? We jump to fixing it. Yeah. Well, here's what you should have done. Or why don't you do, you know, that sort of thing. Because we start to feel that anxiety of that empathic connection. And then rather than just sitting there and feeling, and letting what mm-hmm. my partner or anybody for this matter, mm-hmm. my buddy, when he's struggling, whatever yeah. it is, feeling what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. Um, I, I totally lacked the capacity to do it until I started doing therapy. And it really would, if I would start, when I would start to respond empathically to a client, you know, I'd circumvent that discomfort mm-hmm. and like, well, uh, I've heard enough. Let me tell you how to fix it. <laughs> yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. And really had to develop the capacity to sit in that empathic connection. Yeah. Well, it seemed like there's two components there. One is the ability to feel it yourself. 
So you don't even have that range of emotions in yourself. Right. So you have to develop. You do. You're just unfamiliar with them, right? Okay. It's like a right. muscle that you haven't used. Yeah. Okay. And so once you, you'd have to develop that to some extent to be able to relate to the next person. Right. So the best, the be, if I don't, if I haven't um, developed that, the best I can do is say, well, you appear to be happy or you appear to be sad. I can understand that. I can go there with you. Yeah. But but that just doesn't do it. Yeah, the first thing that you really have to do is you have to make that dis- And then the other piece that we'll do as men is because we confuse empathy and sympathy is that we'll try to comfort. Oh, it's okay, or don't cry, or you know something like that yeah. to where we start to really inhibit that connection. Yeah. And then in the place of that, when we're trying to give comfort, which is really what sympathy is, yeah. rather than empathy, just sitting in it and feeling it, then we circumvent the connection, and then our wife gets pissed off, and we're like, what the fuck are you pissed off? I was just <laughs> trying to be comforting. Yeah. I don't want your fucking comfort. <laughs> wow. I never realized the the sharp distinction between empathy and sympathy. Yes. I, I knew they were different, but now I can see they're at odds. Completely. It, empathy yeah. is passive. If I can say it that way, yeah. you have to actively be passive, right? <laughs> yeah. And sympathy is the action of giving comfort. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I could see how we messed that up. Oh man, we fucked that thing up. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. And it's not it's it's really we just don't we don't have a framework for it. You know. Yeah. They they teach us sex education in school, which I'm not opposed to that, but how about some emotional intelligence kind of shit like yeah. uh Yeah. Wouldn't that be useful? Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, and just understanding that those emotions exist yeah. is one thing, but then recognizing that the need of the moment is that the person, the other person, experience it themselves, and that you can join in with that experience. But that's it. Right. You, you don't try to fix things. Right. And then at the end of that, right now that I've fully connected and I have genuine, genuinely felt, like I have emotionally experienced your experience. Mm-hmm. I'm so much more equipped then to be available to you in a meaningful way, mm-hmm. which may be, fuck, man, I felt like that too. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I do have a bit of advice that could be useful, yeah. but I have that capacity to discern that yeah. because I've sat in that experience with you Mm -hmm. but nine times out of ten at the end of it's going to be like man i have fucking been in that exact same place i know what that feels like Mm -hmm. and that is so comforting to hear from another person yeah and that that's enough right there and then if they do have to the person that that has the emotion if if they do have to move forward when they choose to if you're fully empathetic you can just move in a in a lost way with them you don't have to have any answers and And what's really great about that, right, is that you've stayed connected. Because when I abandon empathy and embrace sympathy, it feels like I'm doing something that is connecting, but it's actually disconnecting. Mm -hmm. But when I've stayed in that with you and we have that neurological attachment, it's like, okay, we're really attached right now and you want to hear what I have to say whatever that is. And it really does just become a really magical thing. Yeah. And it looks like another barrier to that would be um, us misunderstanding the problem. 
Because sometimes a person will, will say, well, I'm, I'm mad about this. And then they're just going off about stuff. And, and it confuses me because I want to say, well, I want to be empathetic towards that, but you're really wrong in how you perceive that. I don't say that, but right. I'm thinking it. Uh, so we have to have the ability to see beyond the words that are just being blurted out everywhere and right. say, wow, there is something troubling that person. And, and just try to look for that. But yeah, then, if I were going to quantify, like the, if I'm trying to be empathetic, right, what I'm thinking about is I really want you to feel understood. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not I understand, so shut the fuck up <laughs> right. so I can give you advice right. or fix right. it for you. It's not I, I'm listening way past the point of understanding Mm-hmm. And I keep, I stay engaged until there's either an implicit or explicit acknowledgement that you feel understood. Mm-hmm. And I see this problem in couples, especially couples that have been together for a long time, because they're, well, I, I know what he means by that, or I know, I already know what she's <laughs> going to say to that. Yeah. And those things may be factual, but it doesn't tend to our need to be understood. Right. And that's where when we think about empathy and we think about this connection, it's not I understand, it's I want you to feel understood. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And we've talked about one incident before, but it's happened several times where I, I just held my daughter, adult daughters, you know, where I could tell they're on the verge of breaking down and one of them did you know and i just held them and they felt understood i mean i'm still thinking like hey this is an easy problem to solve (laughs) but i'm not saying that and i'm not even trying to verbalize what they're feeling to make sure i understand it's just like i'm just gonna hold you you know and and then they would feel understood and i didn't know what was going on at the time but i see that now yeah when i used to do corporate training um it's been a while and I'm, I may be off on this research, but I'm, I'm close enough that it's, but physical touch beyond 20 seconds causes the brain to release oxytocin. And so whenever I would do corporate stuff, I'd always make them touch. <laughs> oh no. And I'm, oh yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, HR would have put out some sort of, anyway, it doesn't matter. You get in trouble for but, that. Uh, <laughs> but then we did this little social experiment, some, a couple of friends of mine and I, and we went around and we asked people if we could hug them for 20 seconds. Oh, wow. And it was weird. Yeah. One, it was weird the number of people that said yes. <laughs> I was not prepared for oh, that. Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, well, fuck. <laughs> now I got to <laughs> hug them. Yeah, yeah. And not only do I have to yeah. hug them, I got to hug them and count to 20 Mississippi. Yeah. But it was there was something transformative. I mean, I even knew how the game worked, right? Uh, and I was even like <laughs> marginally resistant to it. It's like I was kind of like approaching it more almost like as a clinician. Yeah. But there was like a when you got around that 22nd mark, there was just a <sighs> and I remember this one guy, uh, he was a bouncer at a uh, bar we were going to and um, massive dude. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, I think the, the people that were participating with me, like dared me, they're like, oh, you, yeah. he won't hug you. Uh-huh. And I was like, I'll fucking get him. To hug me. 
<laughs> and uh, boy, did he hug me. Like, wow. I didn't even get, but it was so interesting because there was this moment there where like both of us just kind of like, oh, we're supposed to stop now. Oh no. And it was this <laughs> fascinating connection. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't, it, it, I would see him on very rare occasions. This has been some time back, but it was like every time I saw him, it was kind of a wink, wink. Like, I don't know, man. It was weird. It was like, you're my fucking brother, man. I got your goddamn back or something. I don't know, but it's interesting. So the power of physical touch beyond 20 seconds is there's a, there is a magical power there. And think about how often do we touch that long? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, even even with our partners, like if, uh, bye, honey, headed off to yeah. work. You know, it's like a nanosecond. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no elongated periods of touch, and yeah. that's a that's a powerful, powerful yeah. thing. I, I have felt my chest relax yeah. in a long embrace. I thought it was purely physical. Adrenaline know? turns off, oxytocin is released. It's almost. I mean, it's yeah, <sighs> yeah. The biochemics of it are absolutely fascinating. Wow, and 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 our it is how sterile modern culture is. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, you couldn't touch somebody for twenty seconds; it'd be fucking sexual harassment. I know. Fucking go to jail or something. So, <laughs> so this whole social distancing has just made that hundred times worse. Oh goodness gracious! Yeah. And then you've got a mask on, and I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about the science of it, right? If I wear the goddamn mask, I did all that stuff. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking if we're not the the thing that has never been discussed is the damage to mental relational mm-hmm. health. Okay, yeah. we got to do this mask thing and it's going to fuck you up mm-hmm. mentally and emotionally and when we start to ease back into normal activity like you're going to come in in a more fight or flight state Mm -hmm. because we've conditioned you for almost a year to fear not having a mask, to fear physical touch. And again, I'm not saying those things weren't merited. All I'm simply saying is that it came at a profound cost. Mm -hmm. And then you see some, you know, kid on an airplane punch a flight attendant and it's like, well, yeah, that's a little bit foreseeable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not condoning it. Right. Like, grow the fuck up, you little punk, and <laughs> go to jail. But it's like, yeah, it's not that unpredictable. Yeah. I mean, the things that we have been conditioned for a period of time, and then we take those away, and then it's... Yeah, it's a mess to get back into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's good. What was that, number one? God yes. Damn, yeah. this is going to be a long fucking podcast. Well, I think we can quickly tie in right. the emotional All right. intelligence, All right. which was another one that I think is, uh, I think you've highly connected these two already. But Well, in that emotional intelligence is that sense of what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? And, where, and then what do I need to do about it? Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things in the expansion of modern psychology, modern psychiatry is we we circumvent that process as well, mm-hmm. right? So if emotional intelligence is a recognition of what I'm feeling, connecting that to a causal element, this is why I'm feeling okay. it, and this is what I need to do about it, okay? Mm-hmm. Anxiety, 
causal action, depression, causal action, whatever it is, all yeah. of those fit in those categories. Yeah. we got a shit ton of diagnoses that are just <laughs> like normal, necessary human functionings. So we feel a little bit of depression, right? And I've bitched about this before, so it gives me opportunity. You know, to be clinically depressed is to feel, you know, five of nine symptoms for two weeks. I have been depressed for six months for the collapse of the IU football team. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to go on a fucking antidepressant. Right, right. I know what the solution yeah. is. Stop watching IU football games, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we play Saturday. We're going to get fucking annihilated, and I'm not watching. I'm going deer hunting. Fuck okay. that. I can't do it anymore. And it's – so we circumvent it. Anxiety, pathological, take a pill – Depression, pathological, take a pill, mm. whatever those kinds of things are. But in reality, we need to sit in those emotions. This is what I'm feeling. And for men, we have to recognize the vulnerable. Like, yes, I feel sad. Mm -hmm. Yes, I feel terrified. Yes, I feel lonely. Yes, I feel those kinds of things that we're not conditioned to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. Why do I feel this way? Mm-hmm. What do I need to do about it? Yeah. It's, it, it, and practicing that. And that's where, that is really where journaling becomes a really effective tool. Mm -hmm. um, and when I work with people and, and recommend journaling, my, my initial is, is that process. What am I feeling? Mm -hmm. Emotion, not thought. Because this is what we as men do, right? If I say, what are you feeling? Oh, I don't know. I feel like I'm, um, probably need to get to the office and get some stuff done. It's like, that ain't a fucking emotion. Right. right. <laughs> that's, that's not an emotion. What emotion are you experiencing yeah. right now? Uh, well, I feel like I wish it were sunnier outside. Cause I was kind of, it's like, bruh, still not an emotion and getting men now, not just men, but getting men to recognize an emotion mm -hmm. feeling not a thought, a feeling mm -hmm. is that requires Herculean effort. <laughs> I mean, it okay. does. And uh, I still, when I'm working with people, it's like, never mind. I mean, that that, kick, that starts <laughs> to kick in. Like, work. just yeah. never mind, dude. Just <laughs> stick with, I don't, but it's like, okay, dude, we're going to do this again. I'm going to ask you about an emotion. Now, I'm going to give you the answer, okay? Yeah. Right now, you're feeling pissed off. Mm. Why are you feeling pissed off? I'm not feeling pissed off. Yes, you are. What's the causal element of your irritation? I am because I keep asking you <laughs> the same thing over again. Yeah. Now, now that we've identified the emotion that yeah. you're experiencing and the cause, let's come up with a solution. <laughs> That's great. You got a hand feed them right all there, this man. Stuff. Here you go, bro. I'm giving you answers to the test on this. Yeah. One. Wow. So that's the emotional intelligence yeah. piece. Well, to tie those together, that seems about impossible for us to be empathetic with someone that can feel those feelings. And, and here's where the, for, for a momentary rant, you know, and you mm -hmm. and I've talked about this before emotional intelligence. We now live in an industrialized, mostly comfortable world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you study human history, right, most people 
weren't afforded emotional intelligence. Oh, the right. world was just too brutal. Yeah, yeah. And so I can't sit around feeling sad because something's going to fucking kill my ass or what, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So, so that's, and I get frustrated with that because I'm trying to stay politically correct on all this <laughs> stuff. But, but a lot of the brutality of the world, men were actively engaged in, whether it was warfare, whether it was hunting, whatever, you know, those kinds of things. And that's just, that's just predominantly who did those kinds of things yeah. that oftentimes were terrifying. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? I got to fucking eat. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I'm terrified or not, right? right. So, yeah. so I have to regulate that emotion, turn that motherfucker off, and I got to go kill something or warfare yeah. or those kinds yeah. of things. So I think it's really important for us as men to recognize that most of hum- human history has not afforded us mm-hmm. emotional intelligence. Right. Because the universe doesn't give a shit. Right, right. Something's trying to kill us. And we have to, we can't be lost in the fear of that. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I say that to say, be kind to yourself, modern man, right, right? As you start to explore this, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I've seen a list of emotions. Actually, I was it was part of a project I was involved in, and that was one of the exercises. Is they gave me a list of emotions. And so I was kind of picking through and which ones do I feel? Which ones am I feeling now? Um, that may be a way for, for guys to start exploring that idea. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, get, yeah, get some help, yeah. get some, yeah. I mean, you can Google that. Okay. That's yeah. Those kinds of things. And it's very useful to have that. The thing that I would tell you is that, um, if you decide to do that, get a short list. Don't get a long list. Some yeah. of them got 749 yeah. emotions, and it's yeah. like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like you know, five or six, man. Like, you don't you you then you can car. You know, you probably need fear. You need to be aware of fear. You need to be aware of loneliness. Mm-hmm. You need to be aware of anger. You need to be yeah. aware of of contentment. You know. Yeah sadness you don't need 10,000 words right, right? right. it's just just enough to kind of get it going because you know we've got 7,000 words for anger <laughs> and that can be useful you know as i kind of start to advance yeah. in this cuz frustration irritation you know candidly are redundant so don't don't feel like you have to have 7,000 emotional words. If you got a list of eight to 10 to get started, that's probably going to be less frustrating for you. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Well, let's move on to self-aware. Self-aware. Yeah. So these seem to be tied together, all of this stuff. Yeah. 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 And and the self-awareness piece, I think is, is connected, you know, the, the, Somewhat to the emotional intelligence, but I think self-awareness goes back to what you and I've talked about before as it relates to the eye cannot see itself. Mm-hmm. And it, that's just the reality of it. I can't, I see myself the way that I want to see myself. Mm-hmm. And if I want to see myself more clearly, if I want to see the, if I want to see myself the way that other people see me, I've got to create feedback loops. Mm-hmm. I've got to, one, I've got a mechanism to be able to do that, right? And my exercise for that is asking people the question, what's it like to be on the other end of me? 
I've never been in a relationship with me before. So <laughs> yeah. what, what is it like to be on the other end of that? Mm-hmm. And, and when you start to develop self-awareness, the first task is learning to not take it personally. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you've not done some exercises in self-awareness, it fucking feels personal in the beginning. Yeah. It's really difficult not to get lost in the emotional aspect of it and really hold on to the benefits of the feedback. Mm-hmm. And that, cause I, I, I remember I probably 20, 25 years ago, I read this in a book. I don't even remember what book it was. <laughs> it was a shitty book, but this was the good takeaway and it described this exercise. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, golly gee, I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, I, the way that it was described, for whatever reason, I can't remember, I had them do hand letters. Mm. Fucking, I was just, uh, fuck you people. I know. Fuck, oh my God, you, I fucking hate you. you know, I took it just so personal. Uh-huh. And then I had to get back to a place where I could like read it and separate okay, that's just bullshit. They're just saying that to be a dick. Or, oh, shit, that's beneficial, that mm-hmm. right there. Mm-hmm. And the one that stings the most is probably the one that I need to hear. Right, right. And so that that we have to have a plan for self-awareness, and that plan has to be predicated on the reality that the eye cannot see itself. Right. I, I don't see myself. Right. And I'm going to need some help seeing myself clearly. Yeah. And, and those exercises are not hard to pull off. You know, somebody I've found in my life, people were willing to give me feedback. Yeah. I, the first time I asked with uh, intent, you know, like, I really want to know, uh, it was 30 years ago, <laughs> and I asked somebody, and what they told me, like, I wanted to resist. Like, I said, this is just your perspective. And their re- reply was, that's what you asked for. <laughs> And I was thinking, well, you know, that's important. It took me a while to process that. It's that same thing that it's that taking it personally, right? It's that resistance that, okay, how can I find a way out of this? Mm -hmm. How can I minimize this? How can I dismiss it? And so that's the first task in self-awareness is working past those defense mechanisms that want to protect me, Mm -hmm. but actually end up hindering me because I don't, ever get the feedback that I really need. Yeah, yeah. And I, I sent letters to my parents before I got married in order to give them the best shot of, of making the marriage work. <laughs> and uh, I, I asked them some questions, you know, and the, the feedback I got was so honest that it was painful as well. And my dad is the, the nicest person that I knew. You know, he just was fully um, considerate of other people. And so he started off the answer with, you know, I love you, son, which is like, I knew something was following that. There's the anesthetic, right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> There's right. a little little morphine bump. Here it comes. Yeah. So he threw a little bit more of that in there and then said, but you tend to be very selfish. <laughs> you might want to work on that. That's not going to work in a marriage. And you've got a one strike and you're out rule. So you need to be more forgiving, you know? And and he he gave me examples. I wish he hadn't of you know because right? I could have fought it better. Right. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty concrete right there, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, well, that as a rule of life, that worked for me. But it's like, okay, this is not going to work in a marriage. It probably didn't work for me, but I made it that far. And so those are really great things for me to change immediately in my marriage. And coming from my dad, I, I knew I couldn't argue that because he was just telling telling me for my own good. So, yeah, I think we should be able to find people out there um, 
that, that could give us that feedback. And, and valuable feedback is going to be constructive and critical. Mm-hmm. And one thing that, and I, I get asked these kinds of questions a lot, especially um, from young therapists. You know, young therapists will ask me my feedback. Mm-hmm. And it, good analysis is going to highlight the strengths Authentically, not bullshit, not mm-hmm. like you're super duper nice, you yeah, know, yeah. but something uh, meaningful, and then and and some critical analysis. Mm-hmm. And where I see men struggle the most, quite honestly, is receiving the constructive. Oh, much more yeah. comfortable with the criticism. Yeah, okay. But whenever somebody says something genuinely positive. I remember I have a buddy um, in, uh, at the start of the pandemic, um, it just, I mean, the world changed, right? So we had a little extra, a little more time to spend together. And uh, we were, I can't even remember the circumstances, but I can remember it, 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 he started the conversation and he was, I think he asked me what I thought my greatest strength was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, there's so many game, (laughs) like wow, (laughs) Um, fuck, and I don't remember. I came up with something, and he said, "This is what I would say your greatest strength is, dude." It was so fucking uncomfortable. Oh yeah, I mean, it was so fucking uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it was almost like it was there was it it was true i don't know if it's my greatest strength you know who the fuck knows but there there was enough about it like it was like but to have somebody Mm. validate that i wanted to fucking run man (laughs) like and i had and i and i was we're close enough that I was honest with him about, oh, fuck, there's a barge coming up the river. Oh, no. <laughs> you can't see squirrels from what here. What was so. I talking about? Yeah. <laughs> that I, I was honest with him about the discomfort and, and the vulnerability, those kinds of things. And it was an interesting, interesting moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, but anyway, so that's, that's self-awareness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I knew we wouldn't be able to get through everything. All 17 of them? Yeah, but we got through a lot. And I, I think another one we could talk about that was in the top five was the authenticity. Yeah. Because um, that's a big part of the Becoming Man-Made program. And it kind of seems to tie together some of the stuff we've talked about so far today. Yeah, and, and authenticity is is tricky. Um, I think most people think that authenticity is on some level i should just do whatever the fuck that i want and people should just be accepting of it this is my authentic self uh and that whole notion of authentic self i think in our modern culture has become just disgustingly toxic because it gives me permission to behave badly yeah and and i think we see evidence of that just sociologically Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not in in a psychological sense the authentic self is not 
I just get to do whatever the fuck I want. I'm just, well, that's just the way that I am. That's right. No, that doesn't work. You're a dick, right? (laughs) And that's actually not a personality trait. That's actually a choice. So stop being a dick. And, and so when we talk about the authentic self, it's important to kind of create that differentiation that I don't know who I am. The eye cannot see itself. And I need to start to accumulate feedback to see myself the, the way that I really am. And I think one of the critical things that if you're starting the quest of the authentic self, um, Self-promotional plug in three, two, one. I mean, that, that's <laughs> literally what the man-made program is designed to do. Get, a re- get away from all the bullshit, mm-hmm. all this kind of, you know, well, that's just me being me kind of bullshit mm-hmm. and really getting down to what the authentic self is. And it, it, the, we did a podcast several, it, it was early on about the illusion of self, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm that we're born into this world and the name is put on us and we we have teachers that we didn't we didn't pick our parents we didn't pick the teachers that taught us yeah. we didn't pick anything about the environment that we were forced into and yet that environment gave us this feedback during those critically developmental years that we now see as this self mm-hmm and to discover my authentic self, I have to do some work on that. I have to understand that social conditioning process. I have to understand what I have to get the feedback from other people. And then I can kind of start to reconstruct into my authentic self. But we have to separate from all that stupid-ass bullshit of the authentic self is permission for me to be as big of an asshole as I want to be and just say that, well, that's my. That's just the way that I am. And if somebody says, "Well, the way that you are is an ass," mm-hmm. that's not shaming. That's not. Yeah. It's probably the feedback that you need to hear. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well. I need it. I mean, I remember <laughs> like God's honest truth. I remember several years ago, somebody that I highly, highly respect. Um, this would have been in my early twenties, and she called me caustic. Oh, wow. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah, bro. it sounds dangerous. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank you. You know, yeah, like, right, right. I better go look that up. Yeah. And uh, I went and looked it up, and I was horrified. Mm-hmm. I And it was true. Mm. Now, I had wrapped it up in that it was just my sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if you couldn't take my joke, it was you were the problem. I'm not the problem. Right, right. Wow. But this person, she was, she was, she was like a grandmother to me, just so maternal and so loving. And to have that empathic Mm -hmm. connection with her. And then one day for her to say, you're caustic. It was inescapable. I had to deal with it because I couldn't use my defense mechanism. I couldn't Mm. use the, well, you, I have a certain kind of humor and you can't deal with it. And then I started looking at this pattern of just Mm -hmm. 
people who I had just cut and hurt deeply, and it was mm-hmm. not okay. No, no. I had to deal with the fact that I was caustic. She wasn't shaming my true self. Mm-mm. She was actually giving me a way out of my adapted self, mm-hmm. this just toxic defense mechanism that I was living in to where now I could start to separate myself from that. Mm-hmm. Now, let me be clear. I'm still caustic <laughs> as fuck. I think we would all agree on okay, that. Okay, all right. But I try to use my powers for good and not yeah, evil right. anymore. That, that's so, great. Uh, so, uh, yeah. That's great. All right, that's our, we got five. Did yeah. we do five? Well, we got close enough. Because right, I ain't doing 17. No, no, I think that's good. I think we've uh, we've got... We actually covered the basis here on uh, on characteristics of a modern man or mo- modern masculinity. Whatever the fuck I, that I know, means, we don't, right? Isn't that it's, nice? It's, it's like, easy enough to wrap it up when there's no definition for it. And I don't want to be critical of this person. Like, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, it doesn't matter to me. But if, if you ever see an article <laughs> by Jeff Stuckey, that's his... <laughs> Here's what it means to be a modern man. Do not read that shit. Shred that motherfucker. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not letting Jeff Stuckey to like, no, 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 no. That is a horrible fucking idea. And even if you hear something that I may accidentally say that sounds smart, fact check that shit, man. Like, don't fucking like, really? This one person is going yeah. to usher us in to modern masculinity and there's no research whatsoever except that we asked we asked asked (laughs) non-professionals it almost be like asking the general public like some like medical yeah yeah, procedure right right. (laughs) do you do you agree with heart caths yes or no like (laughs) And then just make your decision yeah. based on and then, that. And here's Here, what the data says. <laughs> like, yeah. well, I think the population is somewhat significant. So, <laughs> okay, anyway. well, on the good side of that, we do know things at work. We do know questions to ask to find out how to get towards a authentic self, how to become more emotional, intelligent. But we we will never say, here's the 10 rules you need to do to be a better man. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, be and the ball scratcher of the day. And I can't emphasize this strongly enough. Be careful with edibles. <laughs> and if you don't have bones. That shit will take you places that you may, you'll be able to laugh at it one day, but it'll be, it'll be several days yeah. down the road until all of that paranoia dissipates okay we'll have a bumper sticker for that all right all right we need to thank our listeners yes we do thank you for enduring that (laughs) and uh, leave us your comments uh becoming man-made today on facebook or you can always just go to our website becomingmanmade.com and there's a way to contact us we will definitely respond and we may even get get your comments on the the next podcast yeah you bet (laughs) it's time for the weekend so it's time for good guys to go and drink and cuss a little bit Have a good weekend.
Handmade.